Welcome to episode 316 of Live Happy Now. Creativity is something that often gets put on the back burner in our busy lives. But today's guest believes that saying yes to your creative dreams can help make you a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled human being. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm talking with Jill Allison Bryan, founder of Creative Oasis Coaching and an advocate for pursuing creativity just for the joy of it. Jill has devoted her life to helping people identify their creative desires and help them lose their creative blocks to discover freedom, purpose, and joy. And today, she'll tell us how to get started. Jill, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thanks for having me, Paula. Well, I had to have you on the show because you have such an interesting career and you're doing such a great service, really, for people helping them finding their creativity and recognizing the importance of that. Really wanted to talk to you. And of course, I've got to ask, what led you to become a creativity coach and what does a creativity coach do? What led me to creativity coaching was I was looking for a coach myself about 15 years ago and I went looking for a life coach and found, thankfully, a creativity coach. And, you know, the difference is we have our toolkit of coaching uh, tools and techniques is a lot more based in creative type experiences. It's a lot more experiential. There's a lot more get to do versus have to do. And so I worked with my own coach and then she invited me to her certification program and then I became certified as a coach and I've been coaching now. I started Creative Oasis coaching over a decade ago now, I believe about 12 years ago. Yeah. Part of the reason that I went looking for a coach and is I consider myself to be a multi-passionate creative, meaning I just have a lot of creative interests and projects and passions and pursuits, both personal and professional. And so when you're, when you're a multi-passionate creative, sometimes it's, it's a little difficult to narrow in and choose one and begin. (laughs) That's where the overwhelm creeps in. And so she really helped me to do that. And now, you know, full circle, that's what I get to do. I, I work with multi-passionate creatives and help them focus and follow through on their both personal and professional creative dreams. That's so awesome because, as you mentioned, there becomes overwhelm. It's like, I want to do this and I want to do this. I've had times in my life where I'm like, I wish I was more than one person (laughs) because I had like, you know, three things that I really wanted to do and I couldn't do them all. And then you end up not knowing which one. Sometimes you end up not doing any of them because you don't know where to go. Absolutely. That that happens a lot. And that's that's definitely the thing that I want to help people with is to really try to avoid that situation where you end up not doing anything or you know I kind of I kind of see it like the people that I'm working with or myself when I started you're you're over here on the map and you want to get over there to the completed project at the end and sometimes we just get bumped off that trail that we're walking towards or hiking towards our end result and when you get bumped off that the trail derailed in some way. Sometimes it only bumps you off for a day or a week, but sometimes it can roll into months and years and inertia just kind of sets in. So I love to help people not let that happen and kind of help them realize that by making a choice and moving forward with one of their creative dreams, in the end, it's going to open them up to probably seeing a lot more of them to fruition. And why is it so important for us to pursue creativity? Some people see it as frivolous, like, eh, you know, that's just creativity. I don't need to do that. But it's really important for us spiritually and and Uh, do this. 
People that think that it's frivolous, I think that's so funny. I think the people that would say that are more than likely pigeonholing what it means to live a creative life or live creatively into a very small, tiny box of people who can draw or play an instrument, you know, and there's some people that do just kind of equate creativity and the creative process with that. One of my missions and passions in life is to broaden the definition of what it means to live a creative life and to help people see that truly, in my opinion, almost every experience that we have in our life when viewed through the lens of creativity becomes an opportunity for either creative expression or enrichment or joy. And I think, gosh, creativity is good for us for so many reasons. There's actually emotional and physical benefits of what I call for the joy of it, creativity. So, right. These are just things that bring us joy that we love to do. And I'm sure you've heard about and probably talked about on this podcast, I would imagine the flow state. Yeah. 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 That was a big topic for us. So have yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when, when you're, when you allow yourself, when you give yourself permission, which is another thing I'm very big on helping people give themselves permission, when you give yourself permission to really dive into and be totally absorbed in the creative activity at hand, you put yourself in that flow state. And as you know, that's just so good for you. It can you know, it can increase dopamine and it just makes you feel good. I call those moments creative oasis moments. And I say there it's when you're so engaged in an experience that your heart sings and time flies and you look up and you're like, oh, did I just spend, you know, an hour puttering in my garden? Great. <laughs> Fantastic. And that helps us to reduce stress and anxiety. And as I was saying before, just this opportunity to elevate any experience in life. So for example, something as simple as making dinner and having dinner, listening to music and dancing around the kitchen while you make dinner or listening to a podcast. I listened to Live Happy Now last night while I made Yay. my dinner actually. <laughs> and elevating, adding a creative element to something you're already doing. And then maybe lighting a candle, using some pretty napkins, putting one flower on your table when you'd normally maybe just get in the routine of sitting down and eating or, you know, not really thinking about it. And you just elevate and add a little creativity to your day-to-day -day life in that way. And what kind of changes do you start seeing in people's lives when they begin pursuing their creativity, even in small ways? Oh, yeah. And small ways are the best way to begin. <laughs> I see, you know, people tell me that they have increased productivity and energy it really taps into a way to help you be more resourceful in your problem solving. Because when we allow ourselves to be creative and think creatively, usually that means we're giving ourselves permission to go past the expected and go past the first answer that comes to us. And so, you know, we can, we can come up with solutions that we didn't know were there before. And also just even shifting their mindset. I do a lot of mindset work with my clients and seeing that it makes a lot of sense that we think the same thoughts over and over because, I mean, this is something you probably, I'm sure you know as well. One of the reasons we have these default thoughts that we think a lot of the time is because it just conserves energy in our brain. It takes more energy to have a new thought and it definitely takes more energy to try new things. So we kind of stay stuck in ruts. So intentionally adding some creativity into our life it's amazing actually what can happen because it can jump you out of that rut and start you off a whole new path into believing that you can do new things, trying new things, 
believing in yourself more, being more courageous. It's really amazing what it can do for you. We see some great things coming out of it. But, you know, also then it's it's helping you on a personal level. And so if someone's listening and saying, that's great, but I have kids and I, work, <laughs> and I know that you must hear that a lot. So so how do we prioritize creativity? Because it's like exercise or other forms of self-care. It's really easy to push that to the back burner. It's exactly like that. That's a perfect analogy because building a creative habit is really a lot like building like a muscle if you're going to work out, right? It takes intention and it takes repetition and you need to be some what intentional about it. And it can also be really fun and fulfilling and the benefits can be really amazing. So if you're not currently experiencing or making much room in your life for creative fun, first of all, it makes sense that you're going to need to be somewhat intentional about making that change, right? Because the default thought is I don't have time for this or I have kids or whatever your thought is that we cling to as if it were, this is a fact. This is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) This is my truth. But we can shift that. First of all, just like having the thought, I'd really like to have some more creative time in my life, whatever that looks like for you, right? And then also remembering that could be time in the garden, that could be learning a new language, that could be doing something that you already do, but with a creative slant to it or twist to it or seeing it through the creative lens. One thing that I love to do is, for example, on walks, pick a color walk, choose a color before you go out for your walk. I chose purple this morning because I was thinking about talking to you about this. And it was so fun because purple's a little, you know, if you pick green, you're pretty good to go. <laughs> you're going to see a lot of green around you. But purple, I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll even see something purple before I finish up my walk. And I did. And it was a really tiny flower and it was beautiful. And I don't usually walk with my phone that has a camera in it because it's one of the few times during the day that no info is coming in or going out. And I like to just be present. So I kind of took a picture with my mind and that was lovely. And then I saw a little Easter egg, plastic Easter egg that was purple on the side of the road. I was like, oh, my that's man. cool. And if you did have your camera with you, that I sometimes I suggest that people like take a little picture of all the things that they find that are the color that they're going for. And then there's three really fun collage making apps on phone and then make a little color collage, you know, just fun. It's it, That's really another thing I talk to people about is that's an example of process, creative process for the joy of it. The end result is Maybe you you do the collage, but maybe you don't. It's just being engaged in that way. If people do have children and that's one of their blocks, you know, one of the, the things that they feel is preventing them, there's ways that you can involve your children in your creative pursuits. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Definitely. And I do, I have worked with people before who especially visual artists who are, you know, have all their creative supplies out and the kids are like, well, I want to paint too, you know, or I want to make mosaic too, which is great. And or gardening. And I do think having a time and space to do that with your kids and modeling that for them is great and wonderful and fun. And I also believe 100% that the parents should have their own creative playtime. That's just for them. And even modeling that for their kids is great. So another thing you asked about, like when you do have kids or whatever, a job or you're taking care of your parents, right? Like I, myself, and a lot of my friends, I am in the sandwich mode right now. Is that what they call it? Where I have my mom and dad are, you know, in their 70s and my daughter's 21. And so, yeah, I'm in that middle ground. But to start with short creative breaks. So, and, and short, tiny being the main 
focus here? Because let's say, for example, that you wanted to start journaling or start writing or writing poetry or something like that. If you tell yourself, okay, I want to start this activity. I want to start this creative activity, writing in my journal every day. I need an hour to write every day. Or if I'm going to write a blog, I need an hour to write every day. And if you haven't been doing it before, there's a really good chance that a day is going to come that you only have 20 minutes versus an hour, or you don't have any time. And so you skip that day and then something emergency happens the next day and you skip that day. And by the third day, your brain is chiming in with the inner critic to tell you, see, knew you couldn't do it. (laughs) Why bother? Stop. Alternatively to that, if you'll tell yourself, okay, I would really and truly give the advice, start this small, that for the first week, I'm going to journal for five or 10 minutes, one or two times. Your brain's like, oh, is that it? Well, we can do that. It's, it, I don't know what it's going to do, but, but it's so much more doable. And then, gosh, if you go ahead and, and journal for 20 minutes, three times, fantastic, gold stars, but it's a lot more likely that you're going to get to what you've, the intention that you set for yourself. And our brain just enjoys showing back up for success versus the inner critic telling us you didn't do it well. You and didn't. it seems like you'd have a twofold benefit going on because you're getting that, again, the reward, the success feeling. So mm-hmm. you're getting that. And then you're also getting that dopamine high that you get from doing something creative and expressing yourself and releasing yourself. Absolutely. And another thing I like to remind people is that let's say in that 10 or 15 minute break, whatever, you're playing piano or you're making some art or you're writing or you're reorganizing your room in a way that's pleasing to you. There's just no end to the creative experiences you could have in that 10 or 15 minutes, right? That's enough to really spark the joy and to get the dopamine going and to feel like this is fun or I enjoy this or this is satisfying, right? Some things are challenging and then they're satisfying, but the brain is like really happy with that. And so if I sit down and play piano and sing for 10 minutes and I feel great about it, I've put myself in that flow state, I'm nice and energized. I don't have to stay there for another 50 minutes. It's not like I'm going to keep feeling more and more satisfied. It's really, you can tap into that feeling in that, in that short amount of time. And then what does that do as you develop a creativity practice? What does it do for you even when you're not practicing creativity? Like outside of that part of your life, you you have your time in the morning, say you're journaling, you're writing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. How does mm-hmm. that affect the rest of your day? Well, I think for, for one, one thing that I've learned, and it's such a beautiful ripple effect from the people that I work with is, and oftentimes it's women, I, I say about 75% women and 25% men, but this act of giving yourself permission to do something that feeds your soul and your creative spirit, giving yourself permission to do that, to put that need, to give that need importance, you know, because so often we put other people's needs and wants ahead of our own. Even starting to practice that in a small way, I've seen people's confidence grow and strengthen. I've seen relationships begin to grow and strengthen and heal because people start to feel brave enough to ask for what they need and want. So that might seem like, wow, that's a big jump, but (laughs) I've really had people come to me ostensibly for a creative project, but then the tools and techniques that we use to help them show up for their creativity consistently flows into other areas of their life really 
in an amazing way. What if someone's listening and they're like, well, I don't even know where I'd start. How do you, how does someone who's not sure what creative pursuit they want, how do you brainstorm that and how do you decide? Deciding what you'd like to do creatively if you're, you're uncertain about that, I really do suggest thinking about what you love to do when you were a kid. So for example, let's say you were the kid that was out the door and climbing trees, you know, as soon as sun rose and you weren't home until the dinner bell rang when that was a thing. <laughs> and we could do that, right? <laughs> Back in the day. Um, yeah. Then maybe it's like looking for ways to be in nature. Is there an arboretum near you? Or is there a place, a nature trail or a hiking trail or something that could help you to have some intentional time in nature or having one of those color walks like I talked about? Or, you know, did you like to sing? Were you in the choir when you were in school? Maybe it's a karaoke night. You know, maybe you set up a karaoke night with some friends or see if you can find one in your neck of the woods. I think just letting yourself really be playful with it. How does that work? So you, you get a prompt every day? Yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll receive this pre-challenge packet that will kind of set them up. I have created a tool that I call the Creative Oasis Clarity Finder, which will actually help them decide what creative activity or project that they want to focus on, or maybe it's a portion of a project. And then the idea is it's really an opportunity for people to experience creative completion too, because they'll kind of choose this project or portion of a project that they'd like to work on for one week. And within the span of that, like five or six days, they'll finish that up. So it's a great way to either complete a project that you've been wanting to do and haven't given yourself permission to spend the time with, or in this instance, like we're talking about people exploring new things, kind of think of it that way. Think of the five-day challenge as a summer camp, as like each day I'm going to spend a little time exploring one of these creative outlets that I've chosen, or just choosing one, like I'm going to do a watercolor class and I'm going to spend my 15 minutes a day kind of playing around with that. And within each day, I'll share some new tools and techniques that kind of help them stay on track. This is excellent stuff, Jill. And people always want to know, because we're an on-demand society, how long will it take to see results? So (laughs) when someone starts practicing creativity, how soon do you see this really touching their lives? This is a recent example. So someone who signed up for my five-day challenge I ran it in December and March. I can't remember which one. But anyway, I I got an email from her and she just said, I just want to thank you so much because I started painting again and I have painted a little bit every day since this challenge. So for her, it was five days. (laughs) That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Very inspiring. Jill, thank you so much. You know, your site has a lot for people to explore. We have some downloads. We've got the challenge. And I think this is just a great way, as you said, think of it as summer camp and let's get our creative juices flowing. That was Jill Allison Bryan talking to us about the joy of creativity. If you'd like to learn more about Jill, take her five-day creativity challenge or download a free Magic Action Creativity Planner, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.